Welcome to It Starts Within, a podcast from Platinum Performance, where we'll dive into the health challenges faced by veterinarians and horse owners alike. Join us for inspiring stories about the latest advancements in equine care, treatments, and comebacks. You'll hear interviews with elite competitors, innovative researchers, and the veterinarians that devote their lives to horses and the humans that love them. At Platinum Performance, we know the power of nutrition starts within. Hello, everyone. This is Jesse Bengoa with the It Starts Within podcast from Platinum Performance, and we're happy to have you back. So today we have one of our longtime sponsored athletes with us um, coming to us from his home in Utah, and he's had kind of a big week. Uh, So we wanted to have him on the podcast to let him tell us about it. Um, and it is it is the one and only Ren Richard. Welcome, Ren. Thanks for having me. You bet. So for those of you who are not familiar with Ren, uh, Ren is a PRCA rodeo cowboy. He is a five-time qualifier to the Wrangler National Finals rodeo in both tie-down roping and team roping. Um, he is always right up there in contention uh, in the all-around, um, which really kind of signifies the best of the best in the in the cowboy world. So uh, Ren is handy as it comes, um, a, a dedicated family man, a great guy, and we are happy to have him on Team Platinum. He rides amazing horses, um, and we're going to talk about it all today with him. We're really going to dig deep, Ren. I mean, we want to know it all, so no pressure. Uh, <laughs> face is like, oh, God. Um so no, we're we're really happy to have you here, and we want to hear about it start to finish. You're roping with Jeremy Bueller this year in the team roping. Um, how's the season going? Uh, and then we'll get to the biggie that happened this last week. So the winter's been it's been good. We've actually placed at every rodeo we've been to. Um, before this week, we hadn't had any big hits, but we've roped really good. Uh, our horses are great. This is the best lineup of horses both Jeremy and I have had. So we're looking forward to the summer. Um, like you said, we had a real big hit this last week, and it, it's dang sure going to change our season up and in a positive way. So we're super excited. So the big hit Ren is referring to uh, is Rodeo Houston, which is one of the most prestigious, biggest rodeos of the year and a crown that every rodeo cowboy and cowgirl would love to have uh on their docket and and ren was able to take home the team roping title with jeremy bueller this last year it was amazing to watch you um and rodeo houston i mean tell me about it from start to finish because that rodeo as a spectator is like no other but i'm sure as a competitor it far surpasses um most of the other rodeos that you will be to um other than the wrangler national finals rodeo so tell me about rodeo houston and that experience So, I mean, just the rodeo itself, it's amazing. Whether it's the way they treat you, it's so welcoming. It's, it's probably the only rodeo from start to finish where they just accommodate the cowboy in every way. Um, you know, it's obviously the biggest rodeo of the year payout wise. And not only is it, you know, some rodeos are kind of top loaded and the top guys win a lot, but we were talking to guys there and I think there's, there's at least 10 guys in each event that won over 10,000. So, I mean, that speaks for itself as far as the rodeo, it spreads the money out and it gives us a chance to go there. And we were fortunate enough to win, you know, the big prize in the end, the 50,000, but 
Um, there are so many cowboys and cowgirls that benefited from rodeo Houston and it's going to change their whole rodeo season for them. So it's, it's a great rodeo. They're Texans. They know how to do rodeo, let me tell you. But, um, so let's talk about how that does change your season. How many rodeos on average do you hit per season, uh, trying to make it to the Wrangler national finals rodeo on a typical year? So it just depends on what the rodeo count is. It seems like they change up the count every other year. But this year, the count's 75. So we'll you can hit 75 rodeos pretty easy nowadays, the way the summers are lined out. Um, so we'll, we'll go to our rodeos that we like to go to every year. Our circle won't be huge. Um, I rope with a Canadian, and one of his priorities is making the Canadian finals. So... I'll I'll get my rodeo count in up there for Canada, which is 15. So I'll we'll go to the California rodeos, which we usually go to every year, and then from there I'll kind of start going up to Canada and hitting a few of those before Reno. And then when Reno starts, we'll we'll mash on the gas pedal all July and most of August, and then kind of towards the end of August we'll be able to slow down and pick and choose where a lot of guys that might be on the bubble are still scrambling to try to you know whether it's driving a thousand miles to go to a rodeo that adds a certain amount of money and passing two or three rodeos that are not quite as good to make sure you're getting all you can out of those rodeos hopefully we're in a position where we don't have to do that and we can kind of focus on the places we want to go and the places that fit our run and our horsepower so that's it's a great deal for us oh 100 percent and you know i feel like non-horse people look at the horse world and think everybody's the same. You know, you've got horses, you've got horses, right? Well, we know being horse people that it's actually extremely different. We speak a different language a lot of the time. So we have a lot of listeners who are show jumpers and dressage riders and eventers on the English side. So for those who are not as familiar with the rodeo world, you mentioned Reno and you mentioned going through the summer in July. So this is what we call Cowboy Christmas, right? So tell us what your life looks like uh, during Cowboy Christmas because it's, it's one of the more unique competitive atmospheres out there. Yeah, so Cowboy Christmas is it's fact, wild. We're, we're going to at least one rodeo a day, most of the time two rodeos a day. You know, there's all-night drives. There's so many good rodeos and you're, you know, whether you've got two or three rigs going and flying, you're, you're trying to take advantage of those rodeos that time of year. And, you know, the hauling that these horses go through is it's, it's hard on them. So, you know, that's where you guys come into play on my horses is you see how much platinum makes a difference in those horses that time of year and beating them up and down the road and, you know, that's the beauty about where the position we're going to be in is after July, we can kind of give our horses a break and let them freshen up and, and not just beat them up going down the road. So we're, we're lucky to have a couple horses and not just one where we can take advantage of that. So I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because it really is something that's hard to comprehend for a lot of people is over Cowboy Christmas or over the 4th of July, essentially, you know, a week or so on either side of it, a couple weeks on either side of it. The amount of miles that these horses travel is incredible because the cowboys can can hop on a plane here or there. But like you said, you've oftentimes got multiple rigs and drivers going in different directions to meet you 
Um, team ropers don't often jump on somebody else's horse. You know, uh, steer wrestlers can can share horses, jump on somebody else's horse a lot more often. Team ropers, that's a partnership, man. You know, it's um, it's something that you don't necessarily want to mess with when you've got a horse that uh, you know inside and out underneath you. Um, and so that really is a, a partnership that sticks together um, a little bit more than some other disciplines do. And so, you know, you mentioned it's difficult on these horses to make these long road trips just as it is on the cowboy behind the wheel. Um, so they've got some things that you need to look out for, right? So their joints, Absolutely. how they're traveling, their immune system, their muscles, their recovery. Um, and horses have to sleep just like you and I do. And I think for so long we've taken for granted how important that restorative sleep is with horses. And it's a little tough to get when they're bouncing around in the back of a trailer. So Tell me how you are kind of taking steps to mitigate that on the road, what you're looking out for with your horses, because you're known um, as a horseman, you know, not just a competitor, uh, and you take really amazing care of your horses. So tell me what that process looks like on the road, because it's it's a lot of thought that goes into it. Yeah, it's it's a straight up puzzle that you try to put together. Um, you know, and I've rodeoed now for 10 or 12 years, and so... I kind of know the places that I want to go to and the timing and all that stuff. So, you know, like come July, I'll have a horse that I know fits the setups south of the border, which not in Canada. So I'll ride that horse down here. I'll send another horse that I know fits the setups in Canada. And I'll try to, you know, the horses that I know I'm going to ride, like at Reno and your Greeley's and stuff like that, that, that horse will be he'll be probably 60 days fresh, meaning he hasn't been anywhere. So he's feeling good. He's had all his maintenance done. He's, he's on all his speed. Uh, his guts are good, all that stuff. So starting at Reno, you know, he's ready to roll. Same thing. The horse in Canada, I won't haul that horse from Reno all the way to Canada just because I know it'll take it out of him. So yeah, we'll, we'll kind of map our summer out according to how we get up. We'll get those horses to where hopefully they're not on five, six all-nighters in a row and, and you have you don't have a fresh horse. So that's important with what we do is try to map out to where you have a day or two where those horses can rest and hopefully you don't have any travel stuff that screws you around and you can you can make sure you get there and give those horses plenty of time to recover and be ready. That's a big deal. A fatigued horse is a horse that's more prone for injuries. So I know you guys spend a lot of time making sure that they're taken care of really well. So tell me about the consistency factor, because your life doesn't have a whole lot of consistency in it, you know, being on the road so much throughout the year. But tell me about the consistency factor in taking care of your horses on the road. So you're hauling around uh, a feed regimen, you're hauling around your platinum, you're hauling around a lot of things that you're trying to keep consistent from one rodeo to the next, from one feeding to the next. Um, so tell me about that and also how your veterinarians come into play. So no matter what, whether we're driving all night or we get there at five in the morning and feed times at this time, we're, we're going to keep hay in front of them 24-7. And then I'm going to grain my horses every morning at 7 a.m. and every night at six o'clock. And that doesn't matter whether they're in the trailer or their home or wherever it is, we're going to feed those horses at that time every day. And, you know, it's funny to see like these horses are truly, they're, they're part of the family, right? Every time I walk by the stall or I'm in the trailer and it's that time, like 
my good horses are always nickering at me and 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 they get it they they get treated like champions and i think they know they're champions and it's it's a big team effort with them with without them i mean it doesn't matter who you are and how good you rope if you don't have that horse and he's not that elite horse it's it's just it's too competitive nowadays and and you're not going to be successful so let's talk specifically about the nutrition factor why i mean why is it so important to you i mean we know the science behind it but personally why is it important well it's it's one of those deals i've seen what the difference it's made in my horses you know um i'm not just feeding it because it's the name brand i'm feeding it because physically I can see the difference. I can feel the difference in my horse, especially when you're hauling down the road. That's that's one hard thing about, you know, being green or being young. Like these these athletes at home, if they feel perfect at home and you're you've got them backed off the feed because they might feel too good at home, they're not gonna feel good enough when you get on the road. So that's something I've had to learn is when my horses are home, they're probably gonna feel a little like they're too much right so you go to the rodeo you don't have them on all this nutrition stuff you throw them in the trailer for 12 hours and haul them 1200 miles and you get out and they're just wore out and they don't have anything to help them recover i mean that affects me and and my performance so throughout the years i've just seen the difference it's made in my horses and how they feel and it's a must it's really interesting because you know you mentioned how competitive it's gotten. It's always been competitive to a certain degree, but I feel like things have just um, risen to another level uh, every year. You know, you you watch these these rodeo cowboys and cowgirls, and I feel like the mentality has evolved so much. Where not only are you elite athletes, but there's been this realization that these horses are these elite athletes as well, and it is such a team sport in rodeo, um, at least with the timed events. And so the amount of attention that you pay to that is amazing. Um, And you go to the National Finals Rodeo and you see, I mean, that's the big leagues. And you see one-tenth of a second on one run separate a world championship and no gold buckle. Um, And it's, it's wild to watch that and to know all of the little steps that you add up throughout the year. Um making one big difference when that moment counts, you know, at these big rodeos, Rodeo Houston or Wrangler National Finals, whatever it is. Um, it's a lot of little thoughtfulness and little steps that add up for these big differences. So it's it's really neat to see the level of care that you guys take uh, with these horses is, is incredible. So um, and it takes a lot to get it done, right? So you're going in a lot of different directions. You're hauling a lot of different places. So, Ren, tell us about the girl gang at your house that kind of helps you get this done. <laughs> yeah, so my wife's Chalice, and I have two little girls, Ruby and Isla. Ruby's six, and Isla's three. We actually just, we drove from Houston to Roosevelt with Isla. She's a three-year-old. Ruby Ruby didn't make the trip, but I was telling my mom, like, I just threw a three-year-old in the truck and drove 22 hours, and... We put a little iPad in front of her every now and then, but she's a trained traveler. She can do it. There's not many three-year-olds you could throw in a truck and say, all right, we're going to drive for two days straight. You got to be a good girl and stay in your car seat. She she was she was on it. 
She's a pro. She's a Richard. She's used to this game already. Look at that. I think throwing a three-year-old in a pickup for 22 hours, I think, gives most parents cold sweats just thinking about that. So I'm impressed. Nice job. Her mama, she's a good teacher. Right, exactly. And um, let me tell you, those the uh, the women standing behind a lot of these rodeo cowboys are a big part of it because um, it takes it takes everybody. And I'll tell you what, a lot of the people driving those rigs during Cowboy Christmas are are the wives and um, and for those barrel racers, the husbands that are out there making it happen. So it's pretty cool. It really is a team sport in a lot of ways, um, and the family has to be a part of it. So you, Ren, are from Utah. Um, maybe not one of those. Uh, I, I feel like at the at the Wrangler National Finals, they they do the grand entry, right? And every state gets somebody waving the flag, and it's everybody that comes out from every state. And I feel like you can watch your watch, and it takes about five minutes for everybody from Texas to make the loop. Um, with some states being a little less represented, maybe Utah being one of those. So, yeah. tell me about being raised in Utah, how you were brought up, and how that kind of took you into the professional rodeo track, because. You were an athlete in a lot of different sports uh, before you chose rodeo to kind of be the one. Yes, ma'am. So we we were in sports growing up. My dad was he's actually from South Louisiana and moved to Utah in the seventies. So we have some Southern stuff in our blood. But yes, I was born in Roosevelt, Utah, and you know we were big into football. Uh, rodeo was always maybe third after football and baseball and you know my dad was just one of those guys that he wanted to teach me how to compete and uh how to grind and he always told me that if i did what i needed to do in those and develop my mind and learn how to do those things that rodeo would would come easy and i would be able to jump right in and 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 think a long time to figure out the differences mentally that rodeo is compared to other sports, but all I'm super thankful for the things that I did gain through team sports and learning how to be a team guy and, and be held accountable and, and all those things that you use every day in life and in, in rodeo. So you were a baseball player. You were a starting quarterback for four years in high school. You earned quite a few college scholarship offers to play football. Um, and you chose rodeo uh, out of all of those. You know, it's definitely a passion sport for sure. But I think there's a commonality between all those sports and it's the mental game. And there's been so much more attention on the rodeo side paid to that mental game. It's not just a hop on a horse and go make a run anymore. Um, you guys have to sharpen sharpen your mental game as much as you do your physical these days. So tell me about how that comes into play um, and how that mental game is just as important because we've seen a lot of good ropers over the years uh, not do so hot when they don't have that part of their game on point. Well, I'm I'm a prime example of it. Um, for 10 years or nine years, I ended up just outside the top 15 and I know I was putting the time in and the work in and, and physically I felt like I was in a place where I thought I should be an NFR guy and it wasn't happening for me and I, when we started roping, we, which he'd had success. He, he won the world. So I'm not saying maybe I was a little down compared to what he was, but, um, it just made me realize that there were or 
and tried to pinpoint that what it was and it was you know for sure it was mental it was me thinking about results and over trying and all these things and until I learned that the process was more important than the end result it was pretty tough for me and not not only me but my horses because I was I was training them the same way I was physically training my horses and the mental game for them was not getting worked. So, you know, you hear it all the time that these people are doing great in the practice band and then when they go somewhere and the money's up, they struggle or their percentages are down compared to when they're home. And, you know, after, and I still feel like we're doing it every day trying to get better, but I know for sure that where I'm at today compared to where I was at three years ago is a huge difference. And I credit all that to the mental game with my horses and me. So the lifestyle you lead, it's not an easy one by any means. I mean, arguably, it's exactly the opposite. It's its really tough. Um, you've got two little kids, a wife, you know, a life at home, but you are on the road a lot. Why rodeo? Why? Why? I mean, what keeps you hungry? Why are you passionate about it? What keeps you doing what you do? You know, I ever since I was a little kid, I've always been passionate about horses. Like, it's just... I don't, I don't know how to pinpoint why, but it's just me. I, I crave it every day. I'm, I think about it every night before I go to bed, how to get better, how to make my horses get better, the breeding, feeding, everything. And it just, you know, now I, I feel like I've opened up and I'm not, I feel like I'm ripe to learn more now because I know I don't have it figured out. And that's, what's addicting to me is you're always trying different things to get better. And when you do see a result, when you do win a Houston or something like that, it, it fuels the fire and makes you, you know, realize that you're on the right track, but stay hungry and try to keep getting better because there's no end in sight as far as plateauing and feeling like you can't get any better anymore. There's so many ways that you can pinpoint the small things to get better, whether it's with my horse or me. And it just, I mean, we drove 22 hours, got here, and the first thing I do was come in and saddle these fraternity colts, and it's just the whole circle of what we do. It's just I love it. Um, it's not a job to me. I've 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 made it to where I have passionate about, and you know I want to. But yeah, I love that, and um, you know, those are the people who are successful are the ones that really love it and are hungry for it. And you know, you mentioned your fraternity cults, so the rope horse world has kind of taken on this whole other uh, facet in in recent years. So tell me a little bit about the rope horse fraternities, and you know, why that's something you're interested in, why that's something you're you're pursuing, and really, you know, what the what about these fraternities? This is. It's not necessarily new, but um, how big of a deal it is, is is new in this world. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, I think it, it goes back to me. It's it's about the horse, and that's what I'm so passionate about. And with the fraternities, like, it's, it's not really a normal horse show. It's more of a we're trying to build a product that is going to work for guys that are trying to make a living rodeo. And for me, like, yeah, it ties in for something that I can ride in the end or, you know, there's nothing that makes me feel better when I see somebody else out there riding something that I've spent three years on and trained and they're having success on. So we're, you know, we're, we have our own, um, we're, we 
have studs that have certain confirmation and breeding that we feel like out of advice versa we have mares that we feel like cross good on certain studs and and we're literally just trying to create a product whether head horse horse or barrel horse that we feel like is bloodlines all those things are we're, we're trying to create that where you can go be successful and win on it after we've put it through the fertility stuff and you know one thing that i think is interesting uh where a lot of rodeo fans are used to watching team roping runs in a rodeo setting where i mean you're going for broke it's about speed right i mean your technical skill has to be there your scoring has to be there but it's about speed you've got to stop that clock Whereas a fraternity run, your goal is to show that horse off. So what is the difference in how you're riding that horse and what you're out to show and what you're out to prove in those two different settings? Well, the beauty about the fraternity stuff is it's the foundation, right? So if my rodeo horse doesn't have that solid foundation and I'm going fast and I'm worrying about the speed and all that, like there's nothing to ever go back on. And it's, it's just like a professional athlete, you know? When he's, when he's at the World Series and he's doing his deal, he wasn't probably practicing that full speed every day. He was working on the little things, the fundamentals, whether it's his swing or his footwork or whatever it is. It's the same thing with what I'm trying to teach my horses. I'm trying to teach those horses how to be obedient and be patient and slow their minds down and all that stuff to where when we do get in a, get in a pressure situation, it's the process. And you know, that's the beauty about trying to train that horse is my rodeo horses. I do the same exact thing with them at home as I do with security poles. So it all ties in hand in hand and it's, it's fun. It looks fun. Let me tell you, it looks really fun. And the rope horse fraternities are just gaining in momentum and popularity. Um, and they're fun to watch. I mean, really great. And they're doing a, a great job of, of televising them and uh, bringing the sport to a much bigger audience across the country. Um, so I think that's only going to get bigger and bigger as we go along. So, you know, one important piece of it, and I know in our world is central, um, is veterinarians. So where does that come into play with you and how do your veterinarians, I mean, it, it's obvious, right? Veterinarians help keep us going, help keep you guys going down the road. But really at its core, what role does that play and why is that such a big piece of the puzzle uh, to keeping your horses going? Oh, it's it's huge. Um, you know, I think it really helps when you have a you're on a personal level with your vet to where they know what we put these horses through. Like, I'm probably not gonna go to a racehorse vet and tell him about my horse getting on his butt in the turn to turn the cow, right? I need somebody that kinda knows what what I'm doing. I use Charlie Buchanan a lot there at Signature Equine in Texas and um, I have a local guy here that helps me out a lot. John Murphy's his name. And, you know, it's when you have inflammation as a human, you're probably not going to be able to perform at the highest peak for what you do because you're hurting. It's, it's, you know, I heard a deal yesterday actually, and it's being able to know the strengths, the weaknesses, be in tune with your horse to where, I mean, I feel like I know exactly when he's telling me something's not right. And I think that's a big part of being a horseman is when they're talking to you, you've got to be able to listen. Um, and most of the time they will, whether it's they're not hauling good in the trailer or 
they're not wanting to score or whatever it is. Most of the time, if you're in tune with your horse, they're going to tell you when something's not right. And then, you know, that's where you need to have a, the right relationship with your vet to go, Hey, here's the deal. This is what I'm feeling. We can kind of pinpoint where it's at. I go through my horses completely all the way through them twice a year just to make sure everything's okay. And I mean, I think it's one of the biggest things in, in my program that helps me be successful. Huge. And I think a lot of people say, gosh, one of the amazing things about equine veterinarians, about horse vets is their patients don't talk to them. But if you ask an equine veterinarian, they'll tell you, hey, our patients actually have a lot to say if we're smart enough to stand back and listen to it. So I think that's a really good point. Um, Ren Richard, hey, we are big fans. And watching you last week at Houston was incredible. Um, and it was a, a pretty special thing to uh, to watch you take that one home. Such a big rodeo, but you've got a lot more big ones in your future, um, including the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. I'm I'm uh, very uh, confident that you were headed that direction one more time. We got to be there last year with a lot of equine veterinarians uh, with us at Platinum to watch you win around. Um, and it'll be fun to do that again this year, I'm sure. So we are very proud to have you on Team Platinum, sir. And it's going to be great to watch you throughout the rest of the summer do what you do best um, with some of the best horses in the business um, and we're very proud. So thank you for being a part of Team Platinum and uh, joining me here today. Well, I appreciate it. And and I hope you guys know that you're a big part of that win too, that you're part of the team and, and we're, we're grateful to ride for the Team Platinum and, and we're excited for the year. Well, amazing. And let me tell you, the rodeo world is filled with really good people and we're very grateful to have so many of those on our team, including you. And for all of those joining us today to listen, um, we hope you got a little bit more insight into Ren Richard and you join us in cheering him on. Uh, the big rodeo's up ahead of us. Um, and until next time, thank you for listening. I'm Jesse Bengoa, and this is It Starts Within with Platinum Performance. Take care, all.